Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Ang babait ninyo. <laughs> oh, di ba Pasko na? <laughs> I don't think I have the the right to get nervous because we already got two songs. <laughs> All right, I don't have any song prepared, but praise God and thank God for all those wonderful songs, and I believe it already prepared our hearts, and truly that God is all we need in our lives, amen? And it's always uh, good to be reminded to always give thanks to God, although Thanksgiving Day is officially over, but not yet, amen? As a Christian, we believe that we can always thank God every day. In our lives and one of the things I would like to thank God for is this opportunity once again that God has given me uh, to preach God's Word and hopefully we are all uh, once again eager and hungry and thirsty in listening to God's Word all right without further ado shall we all rise please and let's give reverence as we read God's Word in Romans chapter 2 verse 4 only one verse uh, this afternoon and let's read it all together. It's just one verse, and let's, let's read it out loud with the comprehension and understanding uh, by the help of the Holy Spirit. If you are there, uh, kindly say a loud amen. amen. All right, ready now? Begin. Or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Let's go to God in prayer. Our gracious God and heavenly Father, truly that we are so blessed uh, to be able to be here in your house of worship. Lord, for the past few weeks, the past few days, we have learned so much, Lord, from the messengers that you have brought in our midst, but there is really no stopping and there is no point of time wherein we can say that we are fed enough of your word and because we are in this sinful state that we tend to forget a lot of things and we tend to go to our old ways to we tend to do our own will but thankfully Lord God we have this service in our church always every Sunday and every time the door of the church is open that we get to be reminded once again from your holy word that is really uh, powerful enough to convict us, to challenge us, and to encourage us to do your will in our lives and to be able to glorify you in, uh, in our lives also. Lord, please be with us as we have this study. Guide me and hide me behind thy cross, and may you be glorified. Truly that we are nothing without you, and we even pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be evident in our midst, and help us, Lord God, to open our eyes so that we would be able to behold wonderful things out of thy law. May you be glorified in Christ's name, amen, and amen. You may now be seated. Thank you so much for standing with me. And the title of our lesson tonight is The Goodness of God. Amen? the goodness of God, uh, truly that God is good in our lives. God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. Well, today is the last Sunday of November, and well, obviously next Sunday is going to be the first Sunday of December. And I was really looking forward to the Thanksgiving weekend, you know, because, uh, from a person always, you know, working and working all, all week, all day. You're looking forward to days off, right? 
but it seems like it just happened so fast. It just happened so quickly. But, you know, we are welcoming the holiday season. You know, after the Thanksgiving, we believe here in the States, people are starting to prepare for the Christmas season. You know, I don't know about you, maybe some of you already decorated your houses, you know, with Christmas decorations, Christmas trees up, ornaments. Um, after the Thanksgiving, but maybe a lot of us even before Thanksgiving, right? Because even in, in the Philippines, they had it like since the start of September. But it's just so exciting, right? This is the most, they say this is the most wonderful time of the year. Well, I don't know about you, but this is also uh, my favorite season of the year because we get to celebrate a lot of things, you know. Uh, we get to spend a lot of time with our family, um, sometimes, you know, here in America, because we're so busy, we don't even have the chance to actually, you know, eat together as a family. And we only do that on Thanksgiving. It's so sad, but if we can always do it, of course, it's always a good time to eat with the family when we get, you know, the chance. But, you know, there's a lot of things happening this season, this holiday season. Uh, good things, but there's, there are also bad things. Uh, to be honest with you, the good thing is we get to really, you know, celebrate, you know, this season. We get to um, see the beautiful, you know, sceneries outside, all the decorations, all the family gatherings, all the gifts that we are going to receive and prepare um, to other people to be blessed and um, a lot of things. But also, for those who are, you know, not with their family, maybe some of them is not actually a good thing for them, you know? Uh, for the lonely people who don't have, like, the family here in the States, sometimes it's the season where they are reminded that they are, you know, by themselves. But thank God, because we do have the church here that you can always have as your family. So this is the most exciting time of the year. And uh, to be honest with you, something happened to our family last Thanksgiving, and it was first time to happen, I believe. Um, so we were getting ready. <laughs> um, it's, it's our first time to celebrate Thanksgiving at uh, the Fairlands house, Pastor Sam's house, and we are so excited. So, you know, the, the Parsonage people, they're so busy preparing the food and all that. And uh, um, it so happened that Brother Reno was here on Thanksgiving Day. He fixed something in our sound booth. Uh, for the benefit of our choir and our live streaming. I don't know um, if you noticed it to all our live stream people that the choir sounded better this time. I don't know if you <laughs> I noticed it. I listened to it when I was coming here because I wasn't here this morning. It sounded, I can hear them more compared to before. So that's a blessing because we added another device in our sound booth like a limiter uh, that gives the mic for the choir volume in the live stream. So it's a blessing. So we were working here last Thursday, Brother Reno and I. I said, it's Thanksgiving Day and we are working here. But he was just so kind enough and good enough to do something for God, for his work. So he, he doesn't mind. He, he's already getting calls from Sister Nora. Where are you? Where are you? You know, but so it's, all, it's about to be one o'clock. And that was our time supposed to be to have our Thanksgiving lunch at Pastor Sam's house. So we are still working here, and I can't leave yet. So um, Pastor Jether has to go ahead, like the whole family. And it was only me and my dad who was left here. My dad has to go with me because he can't fit anymore in the car. When I was trying to look for him, all of a sudden, 
I searched the whole house. He wasn't there. For sure, he's in his bedroom. So I knocked and I tried to open the door, and it was locked. <laughs> so I don't know why. Um, I know he's inside, but it seems like he doesn't want to go to our Thanksgiving celebration. <laughs> so I knock and knock. He's, he's smiling right now. I'm, knock, I'm knocking and knocking. Dad, we have to go. We're going to be late. It's already 1.30, and I know they're already waiting. But no, I'm not going anymore, he said. So I knew something is wrong. So the story was... <laughs> Before that happened, um, he was eating something that he is not allowed to eat. <laughs> and Pastor Jether noticed it and said something to him. So I don't know what's the tune or what's that. So that was the reason why my dad was a little bit hurt and upset. And I was like telling myself, wow, it's Thanksgiving. And you know, I'm looking forward to it, family time together. And then this is happening. And I was like, wow. But at the same time, I was like, wow, this is the first, like a conflict in the family, <laughs> you know, but I praise God because the Lord softened the heart of my dad and he opened the door for me and he allowed, I mean, he, he went with me and we went to the Thanksgiving lunch and we had a good time together. So see, I don't know what happened to your family, but I believe there are some, you know, conflicts also. Because, you know, this celebration can bring us a lot of things, good things and even positive things. But we believe that we can just, you know, really celebrate with all the preachings that we have heard. It's not about, you know, the food, the festivities, even the family gatherings. The reason why we can truly celebrate the essence and the real meaning of this season, from Thanksgiving to Christmas, it is because of what God has done in our lives. We can truly give thanks because we know that we have received the greatest gift from above. So just a heads up, you know, the season is coming up and there's going to be a lot of stories and a lot of things going to happen, but let us all be focused on the goodness of God in our lives. So that was a long introduction, right? But um, the title of our message is The Goodness of God. And you know what? This chapter is following up the subject that Paul is dealing with in, with in chapter 1. The text is dealing with the subject of the judgment of God. So can you imagine with all the things that were, that were mentioned here, all of a sudden God inserted the goodness of God with all the judgments. You know, in chapter 1, we can see there in verse number 1, um, it's not there, but if we can use our Bibles and read the verses, we can see the gospel of God in verse number 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Now we see in verse 3, the Son of God, verse 3, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. So there's the gospel of God, the son of God. In verse number seven, we see here the beloved of God. So all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We can see here the will of God in verse number 10 in the same chapter. The Bible says in verse 10, making request, if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. 
I believe it's always God's will for us to prosper. Amen? Uh, the power of God in verse number 16. Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And then we see the righteousness of God in verse number 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now jump to verse number 18, the wrath of God. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now the truth of God in verse number 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. In verse number 30, we see the haters of God, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. And in verse number 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So he refers to the judgment of God in chapters 2, verses 2, 3, and 5. And he reminds them in verse number 2 that the judgment of God is according to the truth. You know, sometimes for us, the Lord doesn't want us to judge people because the Bible says, Judge not that ye be not judged because we are not, you know, sometimes we are not good at judging people because we have to see ourselves first, you know, see the mote in our own eyes. But with God, He judges according to the truth. Not, he's not biased, right? Like us, there's no preference or anything else. That's why I believe when we come to the judgment seat of Christ, you know, when God judged our works, we cannot complain, oh, I don't think that is true. No, because God is God. Amen? He is powerful. He is judging according to the truth. You know, but right in the middle of this portion on the judgment of God, Paul references the goodness of God. Amen? And that is what I want us to look at this afternoon. But what is the goodness of God? All right, we'll be dealing with that later on. So the first point that we have is the goodness of God, all right? So it's easy for us to remember is also the title, all right? We're going to be dealing about the goodness of God, the guidance of God, and the goal of God. So the goodness of God. You know, I believe when we talk about the goodness of God, we could easily cover a wide variety of aspects, right? And I believe that as a child of God, we are more than familiar with the goodness of God. You know, last Wednesday, we just shared a lot of things that we want to thank God for. And man, it's a good thing that on Thanksgiving Day, I mean, before Thanksgiving Day, we were able to, you know, evaluate and think about all the things that we want to thank God for instead of like keep on asking and asking, right? So it's always good to always give thanks to God. And as a child of God, we know because now we don't have just the the physical eyesight to see the goodness of God, but we even have the spiritual, you know, perspective and view, and we really see what is going on in this world. We really see, you know, in the light of His Word, what are the things that God has given us, 
Amen. And what are the things that God is not giving us that we are supposed to be thankful to God? You know, David said in Psalm 23, verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Amen. If you are a Christian, if you are a child of God, it says there, surely. Amen. You know, the goodness of God, the mercy of God will always flow through in our lives because of His goodness. And you know about the goodness of God, we could talk about His person. We could talk about His person. Just to think about the person of God, who He is. He is already good and we are already blessed. Amen. A lot of verses in the book of Psalms, let us read it. In Psalm 34, verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Psalm 100, verse 5, For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 135, verse 3, Praise the Lord, for the Lord is good. Sing praises unto His name, for it is pleasant. Psalm 145, verse 9, The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are all over His works. Lamentations 3.25, the Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. Pastor Sam's favorite verse, Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knoweth them that trust in Him. Amen. The Bible, the Bible that we are reading, the Bible that we are studying, declares that God is good. The Lord is good. We could talk about his person, about his goodness, and undoubtedly we can say that truly he is good. Not even doing something, he's already good. That's how he is. Amen? We could talk not just about his person, we could talk about the goodness of his even performance. And we can say that truly he is good. Just one example here. I know a lot of things God performed in the Bible that showed his goodness. But in Exodus chapter 18, verse 9, this is the story about Jethro. And I believe Pastor Jethro just mentioned uh, this character um, in the Bible recently. Who is Jethro again? The father-in-law of Moses. So it says here, Exodus chapter 18, verse 9, And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. So this uh, chapter in Exodus chapter 18, verse 9, you know, this was actually um, the moment where, you know, Moses was able to fellowship with his father-in-law. And I believe that it's always um, a good thing for in-laws to have a good relationship. Amen? And it is possible. Amen? So if Moses had a good relationship with his father-in-law, you can also do have a good relationship with your in-laws. Amen? So at this time, you know, um, the whole family of Jethro invited his, uh, you know, like his wife and his kids to be in the wilderness to be with Moses. And it was the time where Moses told the story to Jethro how God delivered them from the bondage of Egypt. And this was, um, it, this was what happened to Jethro, that he rejoiced from hearing all those good things. Wow! Because he used to know that the God that he's serving is like not the kind of God that Moses has, that is really the God, the God 
the real God because of the deliverance that God had done to, to the life of Israel. So Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel. And yes, you know, in the Bible, a lot of works of God, a lot of deliverances that God made, but even in our lives, we believe that God performed a lot of things in our lives. And we can just always say to Him that He truly is good. Amen? We could talk about the goodness of God in His performance. We could talk about the goodness of His provision in Psalm 103 from verse 2 to 5. Are you still with me? Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all my, thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Nako. We just had Thanksgiving and truly, like literally, our mouth was satisfied. Amen? You know what? You know, we were just enjoying the Thanksgiving meal, but we are already planning for the Christmas Eve, you know? Even our family, they have like literally like list of menus they're planning to, you know, prepare for the Christmas Eve. And I don't know if, I'm, it's, if it's okay to uncover this, but most of them are on keto right now. <laughs> and they can't wait for the cheat day. <laughs> They're going to start on uh, the Christmas cantata. <laughs> so you'll see them, like their plates are going to be really full. All right, but praise God for all the blessings. Amen? Amen. Who satisfieth my mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. In Matthew seven eleven, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more your, your father which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him. Amen. Amen? That is the kind of God we have. Amen. You know, it's not like, you know, God wants us to do this and do that, but even the things that we want to have, if it is His will, of course, He will give it. Because as a father, you would love to see your children happy, right? So it's the same thing with God. So He is the God of provision. Philippians 4.19, we believe and love this verse, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So we could talk about the goodness of his provision, the person. What was the second one? Performance, provision. We could talk about the goodness of his promises. Amen? Amen. Are you thankful to God that he fulfill his promises? When he says something, he will do it. Not just like us, right? Hebrews 9.11, But Christ, being come, and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. I believe one of the promises of God to us is that he will give us redemption, that he will make us, you know, um, that we will have an access to God, that we will just be like, you know, a priest, that we can go directly to Him. And He fulfilled it by sending His only begotten Son. So He fulfilled not just that, but a lot of promises. And one of the promises that we are waiting right now is His next coming. And it is going to happen. Next, we could talk about the goodness of His pardon. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 15, and how they shall preach, except they be sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You know, when we share the gospel to, to people, that is the goodness of his pardon. And you know, all of these are tremendous displays of the goodness of God. Without a doubt, right? Those are good things. Those are the goodness of God. But the truth is, from the verse that we have read, that is not the context here. The context of these verses are not about God's performance, God's provision, promises, or His pardon, but the context is about the patience of God. Let's go back to our text. Romans chapter 2, verse 4, Or despisest thou the riches of His goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. So when we read that verse, are we talking about blessings? But the goodness there is actually the patience of God. Not knowing that the patience of God leadeth thee to repentance. You know, Paul is referring to the forbearance and the long-suffering of God. He is warning them not to despise the riches of God's goodness. And what an irony. We will, we, we, uh, let's define the word despise. Despise means to minimize, to look down on, to have contempt or disdain, to think little of or nothing of. So the Bible says despise uh, or despises thou the riches of. And then forbearance, it means tolerance. Long-suffering, other words for long-suffering, patience, endurance, constancy, steadfastness, perseverance. So the goodness of God is manifested in the fact that we are still here. Amen? That we are still here even though, yes, we are saved, but sometimes we keep on doing the things that we do. But, not, but because of the goodness of God, because of the patience of, of God, because of His long-suffering toward us, because of his forbearance, we can truly say that God is good. Amen. Amen. Maybe the next time you will hear that word, God is good, oh, we think of how patient he truly is with us. Praise God because the kind of patience that God has is not the same as the patience we do have. You know, um, Sometimes we ask for forgiveness about this certain sin, but we kept on repeating it. And imagine if God is not patient with us. We are not here. I am not here. You know, um, to be honest with you, last, um, when was that? Um, Friday, when we had the Gawis Gawis Bible study here. So I was just so elated and excited to see a lot of attendance with all the Ilocanos here. And I, when I shared my blessing, I was thankful to God for that. But I kind of like realized, I think I said something wrong. I was like saying, I have like a good voice, something like that. I kind of like sounded, I was so arrogant and praising myself. 
because I saw like Jasmine there, I hope, you know, I saw her and like also the wife of brother Edward, Yap Yapan, who's really good at singing also. So as I kind of like said, um, I wish I can hear the good voices here in this room because I have a good voice too. I was like, I said that and after saying that, I realized, I think I said something wrong. And it, it kept me thinking about what I said even at night, Lord, it's not that, because I know God's going to punish me right away. <laughs> no, I'm not asking forgiveness because I don't want to be punished by God and take my voice again, but I, it just doesn't feel right. You know, I believe that it should, I should not glory my, glorify myself in any way. Like everything should be glorifying to God. And I was just really, that night, I really repented of that sin and asked <laughs> forgiveness. That's just an example of like, like simple or what kind of sin that we always, you know, go back and not realizing sometimes that we are doing things that is not pleasing to God. If we are not careful, you know, if we are not careful, but because of the patience of God, we are still here. Amen. Because of God's patience, because of his goodness, we can still, you know, praise him and serve him. Lamentation 3.22, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Amen? If God, is if God is patient, I believe we must be too. And that is actually one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So we have to be patient as well. Did you know that you will spend six months of your life sitting at red lights, waiting for them to turn green? You know, just, you know, add all the years of our lives, waiting for the red lights. And have you noticed that when the light turns green, if you don't move in two seconds, the guy behind you turns red? <laughs> Especially here in... The East Coast in New Jersey, you know, I was just driving back here, you know, um, they already, you know, it just turned green, you know. Isn't it interesting how we admire patience in the driver who is behind us, but not in the one ahead of us? <laughs> All right, you have to process that. <laughs> I processed it. All right, and even in our prayers, I believe sometimes it requires patience. You know, God always answers every prayer, I believe. If the request isn't right, His answer is no. If the timing isn't right, His answer is, is low. Is there. <laughs> if you aren't right, His answer is grow. And when everything is ready and right, His answer is go. Amen? Thank God for His goodness. Thank God for his patience. Amen? Amen? But let us not abuse the patience of God. So that is the goodness of God, a different, you know, um, perspective that every time we hear about the goodness of God, oh, another thing is truly he is patient with me. So not just the goodness of God, also the guidance, the guidance of God. All right, I think, am I preaching too long now or it's still good? All right, the guidance of God. From creation, God has been maneuvering, 
mankind toward himself. And that's always the case. Man, we want to do our own will. You know, free will is a gift, actually, but we are abusing it. So we want to do our own thing, do that. But the Lord kept on guiding us and leading us back to Him. From creation, from the fall of man, what happened when they sinned, God did something to solve the problem, right? So He uses circumstances in our life to push us toward God. And ever since God asked Adam in the garden, you know, when they sinned and they were so ashamed of themselves, they see that they were naked, they see sin, you know, God was looking for them. Adam, where art thou? It's not that he doesn't know where they are. Of course, he is all-knowing. He is God. So why did he ask? You know, he was asking them, trying to find them. It is not because he doesn't know, but God has been leading and guiding man toward God. He's trying to reach out to him. You can still come back to me ever since. That is what God has been doing. You know, God's relationship with the unbeliever, yes, he does have a relationship with them, and that relationship is to present himself to them and guide and lead and draw them to him. You know what the Bible says in John 6, 44? No man can come to me. Jesus Christ was talking here. We are all saying we believe that Jesus Christ is only the way, but no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me, draw him. And I will raise him up at the last day. So without the guidance of God, without the leading of God, no one of us here will be saved. Amen? We thought that we are so good enough to be saved, but no, it's not our goodness at all because of God's love and because of his guidance to us. Even Paul had to acknowledge the leading of God in his life in Acts chapter 9, verse 5, and he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. So God has been trying to lead people. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So there are a few questions here, basic questions. Um, we're going to have the Q&A next week. And so far this morning I checked, there's only one question paper in the box, and there's like two entry comments from our online form. So a total of three questions. I don't know, maybe we all know everything, but let us cast our questions. Amen? All right. So the first basic question, what does God want me to do? The answer there, simply holy. God want, wants us to be holy. Amen. God has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Second Timothy 1.9, who has saved us and called us with an holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So you're asking, Lord, what, what should I do? Let us try to live a holy life. What does God want me to do? Another question here, to glorify him and enjoy him forever. Amen? 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Another question, what is God's specific call 
in my life. I don't think I have a call, but there is. What is the answer to that? To use whatever gifts and talents He has blessed me with to serve others and to be a witness. Amen? You know, we always enjoy the fellowship, the cooking, the eating here. You know, and I believe cooking is a talent that we can use for God's glory. Amen? Even though we just prepare food for the brethren, if we are doing it to glorify God, amen, it will be a blessing and it will be pleasing to Him. Amen? Whatever we have, whatever gifts and talents we have, we have to use it to serve others and be glorifying to His name. A shining light that points towards people to Christ. Yes, whatever we do here, that's our main purpose, right? For, for Christ to be known in this world. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14, to 16, 14 and 16, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When you use your gifts to glorify God, you're doing what He intended you to do. Amen? Now the question is, how can we do this? How can I do this? Now there comes what God has given us, the spirit of truth. The Spirit of truth will guide us. John 16, 13, Howbeit when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever ye shall hear, that shall, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. You know, when we are blessed and convicted, don't think that it was you. Amen? It was the Holy Spirit. Amen? And the third person of God is real, just as real as the Heavenly Father, just as real as the begotten Son. Amen? The Holy Spirit is real. And He will guide us and teach us. Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Amen? Praise God, He is able to guide us. Because you know what? Literally, He's in heaven. He is above us. Amen? He can see us. He can definitely guide us. So the goodness of God, the guidance of God, and lastly, amen, the goal of God. The goal of God. You know what? The goal of God is simply for all mankind to repent. For all mankind to believe. For all mankind to be saved. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, The Lord is not slack. Uh, what's the other word for slack? The Lord is not lazy. The Lord is not forgetful. Um, concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us toward not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen? What a, what a verse. Praise God for His goodness, for His long-suffering. Amen? Until now, you know, we are still breathing. The world is still functioning. You know what? Um, the first time I came here, I went to the city, to New York, and when I first saw those buildings, it gave me an impression that, wow, this world is really so established. 
you know? Like, it seems like there's not going to be an end to this. Like, everything is so high, and everything is so, you know? But then everything actually is going to end. <laughs> Amen? Whatever we see here. And the reason why it's still not happening is because of the long-suffering of God. God's still giving us a chance to be able to witness to someone. God's still giving us a chance to be able to change ourselves, to correct ourselves, so that when we present ourselves to Him, we can be right before Him. In conclusion, Paul was preaching on the top of Mars Hill his understanding of the goodness of God is vivid in one statement. In Acts chapter 17, verse 30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. What do you mean by winked at here? To overlook or to take notice of or not attend to. So in our text in Romans chapter 2, Paul was crystal clear the patience of God would Run out one day. Look at the very next verse in verse 5. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. So what is after God's patience? There goes the judgment. And you know what? The most foolish thing you could do is to take advantage of God's goodness, His forbearance, and His long-suffering for too long and end up on the wrong end of His wrath and righteous judgment. That is the most foolish thing. That's why if you are still not saved right now, don't wait for too long. Believe in Jesus and you will be saved. Accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you are saved, but we are still trying to act like we are not, and we are still doing what our enemy wants us to do, instead of being masters and servants of God, not masters, but servants of sin sometimes, let us go back. Let us go back. As long as we still have the patience of God and goodness of God. Amen. Because we nev we'll never know. We'll never know. Romans 2, 6-10. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who by patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth both obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also to the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. You no, know, with all the preachers that we had recently, I think I remembered something about we can do well, right? We can do well, you know? So let us do that as long as we still have the patience of God and experiencing the goodness of God in our lives.
But I believe as we close this message, yes, let us praise God because the God that we are serving truly is so patient with us. And I'm going to leave you with this thought. You know, sometimes for us, we don't wait well, truly, right? We're so bad at waiting. We don't wait well. We're into microwaving. But God, on the other hand, He is usually into marinating. Amen? Praise God. The God that we have is patient. And He's still working in us. I think I want to be a chef now. All right. Let's close in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, so much for the undivided attention of your people. I can truly see that we are so um, zealous to hear your word, truly, because your word is um, so powerful enough to really change our lives. And I'm really nothing, Lord, and I hope that these people did not see any weaknesses or any strengths of me, but they just saw you in our midst, and I believe that is the goal every time we do have someone to speak. Um, you have gifted us like differently um, with the recent speakers that we had. They made us laugh and all that, but truly, bottom line, we really have to seek for your word and your message to all of us, how you spoke to us and how you convicted us, and that we would be able to really meditate and apply those things in our lives because it's going to be in vain if we just, you know, um, hear it but not, but no application. So Lord, thank you so much for the verses that we have read um, this afternoon and even from the beginning of this day that we were able to be taught and to learn something from your word. Thank you, Lord God, for your goodness um, to all of us, starting from day one up until now, truly that you are so good. And right now, Lord, we also think about how really patient you are with us. I thank you, Lord God, so much because um, your patience is not just like the patience that we have. It's, it's a different patience that we cannot actually comprehend and understand. Um, we can't even understand how you love, why you love us, Lord, because of all our shortcomings and how dirty we are before you. But you're just so amazing and magnificent in our lives. So thank you so much for Lord, for being who you are and for all the things that you have done and for all the things that you are going to do. And we just we are just so blessed and very honored and very privileged to be able to be included in your family, to be able to experience your saving grace and to be able to enjoy this beautiful relationship that we have with you. So bless our people, Lord, all the brethren uh, that have really paid attention to your word, and hopefully that we will not be the same person as we um, are when we came into this church, but we will try and do our best to live differently in light of your word and with a perspective that truly that you are so good in our lives. Thank you so much, Lord, in Christ's name. Amen and amen. amen.